0: Welcome to the SEG Church Daily Devo podcast. Glad that you joined us. We're getting some of our questions, answering some of yours, and giving some of our thoughts.
1: Hey everyone, Pastor Matt here. Welcome to day nine of Send It. Today we're going to continue to learn about sharing our faith. Today we're going to talk about loving our actual neighbors. Yep, those people you try not to make eye contact with as you zip into your garage. Let's get going.
2: Today's scripture is from Mark 12, 28 through 34. Today's Devo is titled, Loving Our Actual Neighbors. For the last 50 or so years, a Christian's primary route for sharing their faith with their family and friends was to invite them to church. The problem, it doesn't work anymore. Western culture, our culture, is now what we call post-Christian. Our non-believing friends know about Christians and the church and they think they know about Jesus, and that's enough for them. They don't want to know more. In fact, other than us, they may not know any other fully committed followers of Christ. They won't come to church with us because, at best, they don't see the point. And at worst, they think it's a bad place to go, a place where hypocrites and haters congregate. This means two things. One, most people we meet don't know the true power of Jesus. And two, if we want them to encounter him, it will be through us not our pastors or church. Evangelism isn't just up to the professionals anymore. So if pretty much everybody thinks they know all they need to know about Jesus, and pretty much nobody actually does, where do we start? How about taking Jesus's word in Mark 12 and Matthew and Luke seriously? How about we start by getting to know our actual neighbors so we can love them? Who are your neighbors? They are the people you come into contact with regularly. They are the parents of the kids on the soccer team, your coworkers, your classmates, and yes, the people who live next door to you. Think about your neighbors, who lives on either side of you, across from you, who lives next to them. Can you A, list the names of every person in that house, B, remember something about them, their job or hobby, and C, know something deeper about them, their career plans or dreams, Only about 10% of us can answer A, 3% B, and less than 1% can answer C for the eight people who live closest to us. If our neighbors are ever going to be open to hearing about Jesus from us, we need to do better. We need to get to know our neighbors if we ever want to obey Jesus' command to love them. Loving our neighbors is a simple progression. We move from stranger to acquaintance to relationship. Our first step in loving our neighbors is to get acquainted. On the sended page of the SCG Church website is a downloadable neighbor map. We invite you to print it out and spend the next few days filling out section A of the map for each neighbor. This may include a couple awkward conversations. Hey, I know I've asked you this before, but I'm terrible with names. Then over the next few weeks, months and years, Commit to filling in sections B and C. This is where the relationship comes in. Find a way to initiate friendship. Take them a small gift, fruit or cookies, and a card with your name and phone number on it. Hand-deliver a Christmas card. Ask them for a small favor. Most times, putting ourselves in a place of vulnerability will do much more to develop relationship than anything else. And once you know them, invite them over or organize a block party don't worry we'll talk more about how to do this tomorrow what difference would it make in our neighborhoods if we christians began to evangelize by simply obeying jesus's command to love our actual neighbors
1: well friends welcome to day nine of our send it devos and today we're continuing the theme of sharing our faith and uh if I, Before we kind of hop into the discussion, um, I was reminded of going through the Devo uh, today. Um, of Cody, you gave me an opportunity to speak in Main Campus a handful of years ago. Uh, one of the biggest weekends, the uh, weekend right after Thanksgiving. They um, mm. uh, do that a lot. They pick the
3: big weekends. <laughs> yeah, to they let you when's, when's
1: the youth pastor weekend? Uh, it's normally when they think the attendance is lowest. But <laughs> I'm going to put you at the Monday services. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Monday <laughs> morning, up. at six a.m. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Um, and. Uh, I, I read a book that, um, *The Art of Neighboring*, which uh, some of the content from these devos come from, and in it he just rephrases a question from Jesus deducing really all of the Old Testament commandments, really to love the, Lord, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself. And it was just a question there. He said, "What if, what if Jesus meant love your literal neighbor? In other words, if all of Christianity was deduced to the way in which you love God and the way in which you love." Your actual neighbors, how are you doing? And I guess as we kind of hop into our Devo today, I just want your guys' kind of thoughts around that. I have one neighbor that is. Is he across obnoxious? the street?
4: Noxious. It's across the street. Yeah.
0: Where. <laughs> yeah, it's like I walk out my front door and I could see him and
1: his wife. Yeah. Right yeah. there. And every yeah. day I'm just like. And usually
4: three of your kids they need Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> so we've been they're babysitting them They really there. need Jesus, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah.
1: Cody lives across the street from his parents, is, <laughs> yeah. is, is what, what he's saying there. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. 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 So, what are your thoughts, though? Right? If if uh, if Jesus meant love your actual neighbor, like how how does that rephrase, and how how uncomfortable does that that idea make you? It makes me uncomfortable because I think of all the times that I've yelled at my kid, and yelled at my wife, or gotten mad, and. Yeah. And they see that. They get a window right into that. They get, they you need better that. soundproofing.
0: That's what we that was what the sound so, what we thought would be yeah. a better I thing. I just think yeah. Thicker windows.
1: The the scary thing about it, and this is the really the scary thing about sharing your faith with people that you know, is they know you. Yeah. And so they know if you're being a hypocrite you're or absolutely not. Right. You're they absolutely right. They know that. And so it's it's Guys, me, I just
0: it's, discovered it's, something. Sorry to interrupt. I was adjusting my microphone and it's not even plugged in. This whole thing is pretend. <laughs>
1: this whole thing is pretend. <laughs> this isn't even
0: real. I just figured this out, it's not even real. This whole thing is made up. This is a sham. Is this the Truman Show? Yeah, 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 yeah. Unbelievable.
3: Which one is, are you talking about? This one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay.
0: Sorry, I am. You're saying something so good, but I just uh, the squirrel. I don't even know what to believe. i know anymore. I'm the squirrel.
1: Yeah, but I, I do. I just I think that it's uh it's really scary when you start talking about your neighbors, especially the ones that know you, and you've g- grown up in the neighborhood and they've seen you. It's. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, what else? Anyone, anyone? Anyone else have any thoughts regarding this Devo? I,
3: I did. I mean, mine is I. What if I don't like my neighbors? Mm-hmm. Like, what if I? You know, I'm not going to necessarily get a whole lot out of that relationship. You know, what if I put in all this effort and um, they just irritate me? You know, mm-hmm. that's the only. That's the only result. You yeah. know, like there's there's a lot of. Um, uncomfortableness and uh well basically that it makes me uncomfortable to have to go and get to know these people
0: all right i have pushback on this <clears throat> a couple things because i read this book obviously
3: because you want to be able to live in your house and not talk yeah, to Yeah, well first is of all the fact that i have a neighbor back? really
0: annoys me <laughs> okay i really wish i didn't have to have neighbors um is so jesus went to his hometown and they rejected him and you know what he did He left and he went to another town and then another town and another town. So uh, there's one part of me that says, of course, we should be great examples and and know our neighbors and love on them. But then there's the other part of me that says, but what if they want nothing to do with me or nothing to do with Jesus? What's my response supposed to be? Um, And so that's what I've wrestled with a little bit is the balance between being a good neighbor and also not forcing it, you know, not forcing faith, not, not even forcing a relationship, you know, because that, that may actually end up being something that's negative. Like, wow, these Christians are really pushy. Why, why are they constantly trying to be in my
1: business? You know, um, and so, I don't know. Maybe that's just my excuse, because I'm an introvert, I don't know. Well, there's creative ways in the book, right, that, that he talks about, like, not necessarily pushing faith, like, you know, knocking on their door, giving them a Bible or something, or making them do communion with you or whatever, but it's like, give them a, a, a find out when their birthday is, give them a gift, um, when it, and create a block party that engages the rest of your, uh, invite them over for dinner, potentially, which I understand may be more direct than assertive. Um, Uh, during Christmas, he says, like, go around and, um, you know, give gifts, whether that be food or something along those lines, right? So I think there's ways in which. How how would you guys define what it means to be a good neighbor?
3: Okay, before we get on to that question, the the one part that I actually really – resonated with in developing relationships with neighbors. I think for me, the biggest way that we have developed relationships with neighbors is coming to them from a place of need. Um, So we've had a few points in our life where, well, I have had a few points in my life where my neighbors have actually really helped me and I had basically introduced myself to them, kind of known them a little bit. One of them was when I had a toddler who fell off a ladder and cracked his head and needed stitches. And I had two other toddlers in the house my husband was 45 minutes away on the other side of LA I ran over to my neighbor pounded on their door and made them drive me to the hospital and watch my kids (laughs) you know like and and that was and from that day forward we had a different relationship um, you know, like I really respected them, they cared about me um, and we had a similar situation. We had a, I walked into our house one day to have, a, find a homeless guy in um, in my son's bed. And so I ran across the street to a neighbor and um, he was an ex-police officer and ended up being the guy that walked through the house and made sure it was all clear after everything. And, and we have a different relationship. And so the book talks about coming to your place, your neighbors, not just from a place of strength, but from a place of humility and a place of need and that that can actually Actually be a bigger um, door opener than anything else and so just from a practical standpoint it's good to know your neighbors just because they're gonna need you at some point and you're gonna need them there the I should I people. should
0: clarify I have many neighbors who go to seacoast I love you guys you may be listening <laughs> to this right now totally kidding you guys that's totally that's Tony, said, by to- the way. totally kidding totally kidding totally,
1: totally. <laughs> totally kidding yeah. You know, um, one of the chapters in that book ends with a question, and it is, what if we begin to see our houses as um, outposts for God's kingdom and not castles for our own kingdoms? And that really reframed the way in which I viewed my neighborhood, right? Because the truth is, and he talks about this, that you may not get to change the world, but you do get to change your neighborhood. And if every Christian made that their mission, the end result would be that the world would ultimately change. And I just, for a moment, I think why I'm beginning to develop a passion for this is I realize how bad I am at this. I lived um, in a condominium um, complex a few years ago, and we lived there for six and a half or seven or so years. And when it came time for me to move, I was telling my neighbors I could tell that not one of the neighbors that I lived by cared. And the truth is, because over those seven years, I probably had maybe fifteen to twenty minutes of intentional conversation in the carport, and they have a little gym or a pool, or you know, in the laundry room, whatever it was of uh, you know where we were talking about life, or maybe something more important than hey, you know, I'll see, see you later or something like that. And no one cared that I moved because no one cared that I lived there. And I think that the call in a Christian's life that our neighbors should care if we move, you know? And I, and I realized that I don't know if I'm a neighbor worth living next to yet. I guess, what are your, your guys' thoughts on that?
0: I don't think you're a very good neighbor. <laughs> I don't either. think you're a so good brother. I, so. yes, I agree. <laughs> Amen, brother.
4: That's good.
3: I want to hear from Doyle. We got the two introverts over there and the three extroverts on this side of the table, so...
4: I have lots of different thoughts about this. Most of them trying to excuse why I'm not very good at it. Um, I uh, I moved about uh, four or five years ago after living 27 years in one house. Assumed the neighbors wouldn't wouldn't care. The, the week we moved out, Lady the Street there's a ball and a hug of my wife. I'm going to miss you so much. And I'm like...
3: So she cared about Connie moving, not necessarily yeah, yeah. you. I obviously. <laughs> obviously.
4: Yeah. The loud motorcycles going away didn't bother her too much when I took my garage and emptied it out. But... Um, I just ran in this week to one of my old neighbors, and he, uh, a very introverted guy and uh, a Vietnam vet, suffering from some challenges, has been for years and had a few conversations over the years about it, and came across the parking lot and knocked on my window Uh, when he saw me, said hi, and just told me how much they missed us being there. And so I think I underestimated the influence that I had in that neighborhood. Um, over those years. Even though I felt like I was terrible at it, I think there was some influence. And and of course, you know, you're always haunted by that. What if I'd been more intentional about it? And uh, I I have to be honest about uh, Cody and and myself. Yeah, we we can use being an introvert kind of like you did yesterday in the uh, not being an evangelist. And and because um, there is this matt you just quoted about turning your house into a what?
1: Uh, a kingdom for God's outpost not a castle for your own
4: yeah and, and introverts want a castle yeah we really do we we want to lock the doors you know and and never talk to anybody and I think I think that's a real challenge but so when I was thinking about this devo after uh, uh you wrote it and I, I began to read it and, and I'm, i read the book as well uh, I, I had to question something even deeper. And I don't want to get us off the practical thing, because even just this little dive into theory could dissuade us from just getting out and loving people, because that's the bottom line. But I think that is the question. Do I really love people? Do I really care what the eternal outcomes are for my neighbors? I, I found out this week from my former neighbor that another neighbor who I spent hours and hours and hours talking to about Jesus died a couple of years ago. I, didn't, I hadn't even heard and uh, I was very saddened. Uh, I hope that in the end he had some other Christians that, that were in his, his uh, circle, uh, or at least sphere of influence, and, and I hope somebody finally got to him. I spent 20-plus years talking to this guy. And so I, I, I think if we're out to get a notch on our, our belt or, or whatever, you know, uh, you know, get a little scorecard, I got one that's not going to work. I actually like this guy. He and I did projects together. We built stuff and, you know, we exchanged tools and eh, he was much older than me and I'd listen to his literal war stories. And uh, I actually love that guy. And I think that whatever influence I did have, and again, I'm terrible at this, I think, was because I actually like this guy. And even if he didn't come to faith, I still like this guy a lot. And so I think there is... For me, there was a step back, like before I jump into the how-to's, as an introvert, I'm not, I, Cody wasn't completely joking. We don't always like people. I mean, we give a lot of people time in our jobs. A lot of people do that. Salespeople do that. Nurses certainly do that. Psychiatrists, whatever. But do I truly love people enough to overcome whatever fatigue or peopled out I am and, and just start by caring? So, so here's a story I have told a lot over the years. When we first started in, in Seal Beach, do we have time for this? Yeah. Okay, so when we first started in Seal Beach, God was blessing us, and lots of people were coming to faith. And uh, and, and it wasn't anything we were doing necessarily. But a guy came to visit, he said, how is this happening? How is this happening as a pastor from another church? And I said, uh, you play golf, right? And he said, yeah. I said, um, do you ever go out and just pick up a foursome, people you don't know? He said, Sometimes. I said, go find a foursome you don't know and play with them and then start playing with them every week. And in six months, one of them is going to say, hey, what do you do for a living? And eventually one of them is going to show up at your church and that day you're going to speak differently because your buddy is there and something's something's on the line today It wasn't before. Someone you love and care about is there and needs to hear a message and you're going to care. So for me, this is the prerequisite to loving your neighbor is loving Jesus. And then loving your neighbor, but loving is the critical thing. And I think just just reordering our loves every day will help us get there. And again, I'm not great at this. I'm I'm really trying to learn to be better at this.
1: That's hmm. good. That's great. Any last thoughts? I guess to reframe this uh, in the book, he gives us a question or other statement to help us reframe this. And the question, I guess, is this: What if you were the only Christian that your neighbors get to see do life, like you were talking about? Like they get to they get to witness what what they treat their their kids like. Their, their, their wives or husbands, X, Y, Z. or Z, how would that reframe the way in which you uh, see the way that you interact with your neighbors and the way that you see your house instead of grabbing your groceries and kind of you know, run, not locking eyes with anybody and just running into your house so that you don't get stopped and things like that. So that question for me really kind of is motivating me to be, to be a better neighbor. And so um, we're gonna turn it back over to you guys and so you guys can continue on your devos and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Okay, now we're gonna take it back to you, our listeners. If you'd like to learn more about this topic, our main resource for today's Devo is The Art of Neighboring by Jay Pathik and Dave Runyon. We have some questions for you to think about as we close today. Number one, what does it mean for you to love your neighbor? Two, fill out the neighborhood map in the appendix. How did you do? What steps will you need to take this week to finish section A? And finally, three, what seems challenging about completing sections B and C of the map?
4: What's exciting? Hey, thanks for joining us today. We hope that uh, you've learned something, maybe you're inspired to something, you recognize something. Something surprising to us is that we were moved by some of the conversation we had. We didn't realize how passionate we were about some of these issues until we begin to talk about how life-changing they are. I hope that you not only heard what we're talking about, but that you're gonna take some action. Change the way you're thinking, involve yourself in something, do something in response. Don't let it just be an intellectual exercise. Thanks again for joining us. Join us again tomorrow.